Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights, VGK with a three-point road swing. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco. You could follow us all at Locked On VGK, me at Tony Dasco on Twitter, Chris Golick at TD Chris G on Twitter. That is like touchdown TD Chris G on Twitter. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. And Chris, welcome back from vacation. So I guess that BGK would only net three points on this road swing. And for the first time this season, I was correct. The overtime loss at Vancouver, the near complete game win in Calgary. I felt that that was perhaps the best BGK victory of the season. And the letdown in Edmonton against one of the best teams in the conference. I could see Saturday's loss just coming for the VGK. A day and a half between games. We talked about that before, about this roadie. Third game in five days. You could see this disaster developing, and you could feel it, and it was about to go sideways. And in recent weeks, we have focused and we have talked a lot about the Golden Knights turnovers. VGK, for the first two periods on Saturday, they played pretty well, right? Especially in the neutral zone. Did a good job checking. But the first goal was a result of a Shea Theodore turnover in his own end. And that led to the goal by Chris Russell, the Oilers defenseman. Now, get this, uh, Chris, for Russell, it was to the stat line. Go ahead. Uh, OK, not only was it his first goal in over three years, his last goal was also against BGK on March 17th of 2019. And then there was the Martinez turnover. And that resulted in the Fogel goal. And then Carlson with a bad turnover on the power play. And that led to the shorthanded goal in the third on the Nugent Hopkins goal. It was one to nothing, a one to nothing game through two periods. And then things just fell apart. We knew that turnovers eventually would do in the VGK. Everything is fair. Um, Just to kind of dissect uh, piece by piece. As far as the road trip goes, three points, not enough not enough, or the way they got them, it was probably the most painful. One point against Vancouver, fine. They're still far enough. Well, prior to uh, today, they were still far enough back. Not a big deal. I would have much rather seen him get the one point against Vancouver, let Calgary just crush us, if you will, and then steal two points against Edmonton to help close that gap a little bit. If we can still go... If we can still go five and one in the last six, then the three points on this trip aren't that painful. I think five and one, I think 10 more points gets us there some way, somehow. I know the Kings have a very easy schedule right now, but without Drew Dottie in the lineup, I think they're going to slow down a little bit. So to recap, not a great road trip, not a terrible road trip, not a terrible road trip, started awesome. Started really good, and then the wheels just came off today. Uh, funny comment about the Edmonton goal scorer. I mean, that was uh, 
I, you beat me to the punch. I didn't know his last goal was against. It's also BBK. against the Golden Knights. Yeah, in March of 2019. Jeez. I mean, that's that's how we roll. Um, well, that stung. That was a stinger. It, it was. And looking at the stat line, I, I I'll concede. I didn't watch a ton of this game. We talked about that offline before we came here. I got the first period in, which I thought was a fine first period. Uh, the goal. I, I I saw your comment about uh about uh. LT doing his best walrus uh, interpretation as he was playing <laughs> on, on the ground there, but he yeah. played that perfectly. If you go back and dissect that, that first goal, he played that perfectly. He got down low, took away the angle. And I think all the VGK players just kind of got caught a little flat foot waiting to see what was going to happen. So LT did a great job on that, but going back to the box score on this game, line three, uh, the down off minus three Carlson minus two, um, Amadio minus two, and then looking on the back, Shea Theodore, who we've been banging the drum about for a long time, he's a minus three in this one. Mm-hmm. And you that really big need... turnover, yeah, on the first yeah, goal, exactly. You really need the, I guess you can call them the the role players, if you will, not your top six players, to really uh, take care of things at home, so your top six can can get the points. And unfortunately, if uh, the the bottom six are going to be a, a big negative each night. That that's going to make it really tough to go five and one in these last six games. We will talk more about the VGK goaltending situation in the next segment. Do you realize, though, however, that Logan Thompson's last ten starts? Okay, he has seven wins and the three losses. In each of those losses, in each of those three losses, the Golden Knights have been shut out. <laughs> so nothing in front of him. And then we saw Pacioretty. We saw Marsha, so I felt had some of the best chances in the game. But VGK just could not beat a 40-year-old goaltender, Mike Smith. He <laughs> recorded his second shutout in a row. And, Chris, remember earlier this season when Edmonton could not play any defense and had poor goaltending earlier this season? And look at them now. I will say, I'm going to go on a limb here. I will say that they are the best team right now in the Western Conference. And I have stats, too, which I'll get into in a second here. No, let's just do that now. Okay. <laughs> I want to hear these stats. Okay. I say Edmonton, not Calgary, is the team to beat in the West. The Oilers, with that win on Saturday over the VGK, are now 30. 30 wins, 12 losses, and two ties against the Western Conference. They are red hot. 30-12-2. They have 30 wins against the West. This is where I talk. Okay. Mike Smith. Let's start there. Mike Smith. Mike Smith, and I don't have any stats to back this up. This is simply just a fan talking right now. So if someone wants to uh, tear me apart for this, go right ahead. But oh, they'll, they'll, Smith, be, they'll be tearing me apart by the end of this podcast today. Fair enough. That's cool. It gives us more views. We'll take it, right? Thank you. Our sponsors appreciate it. Um, Mike Smith, John Gibson. I, I look at those two goaltenders as one of the same. They're going to go on some runs. They're going to have some regular season success. But and more or less John Gibson, because we've seen, I feel like, a lot more of him than Mike Smith, because he's been with um, been with the Ducks for a long time now. John Gibson, like a period or two a game, he, he'll stop everything, right? He'll stop everything. And then it's like when the pitcher has the no-hitter going through six innings and hopefully doesn't get pulled, but that's another story for another time. Sorry, Dodger fans. But back to back to that. Once Mike Smith or John Gibson give up that first goal, it's like the floodgates open. And that's a big tale of their careers. Uh, 
Mike Smith did have a real good playoff against uh, my former love, the Chicago Blackhawks, a while back, back when a uh, good old Ralphie Torres tried to decapitate poor Marion Hossa and almost <laughs> ended his career prematurely. But Mike Smith did have a good moment in the sun, but I'll go on out on a limb that has a much sturdier branch than yours and say Mike Smith is not going to be a Stanley Cup winning goalie this year or any time down the road. Just Who like Robin Leonard. Was just that? like just like Robin Leonard. Ooh, ooh, that hurts. Yeah. So Pete DeBoer met with the media, Chris. <laughs> At least the only clip that I found about 44 seconds. He said that his team has to have a short memory. And in that short video, uh, he didn't want to say much after the game. Next three games are on home ice, and they will have to win them all. As you mentioned, very little margin for error for the VGK. Monday against the Devils. Wednesday, the Capitals come in. Sunday, a dangerous game against the Sharks. Uh, Coming into uh, the game, well, at least for now, they have lost, I think, nine straight. So, right, those games before the final three on the road. And do you still believe that DeBoer can get this team to win? They've got to win at least five out of the next six. They have to. Everything is fair there. Looking at the schedule, they're, again, this is why you play the games, but there's plenty of layups here. New Jersey, San Jose, Chicago. Those are layup games. Washington at home, that should be a very good game as every regular season game when we play Washington here. The crowd's always very pumped up for obvious reasons. That back-to-back with Dallas and Chicago. Dallas and uh, St. Louis seem to be uh, battling for position, if you will, either for the wild card or to advance up uh, the standings in the central. So I think... um, Definitely the game against St. Louis, uh, the the one that ends the season on Friday the 29th, that's interesting because let's see where they fit, they are in the standings. If that game matters, you're going to see a different lineup to whereas if the game does not necessarily matter as much. St. Louis has no interest in trying to keep VGK out of the playoffs unless they need that game for their own uh, reasons to advance. So really this season probably comes down to Wednesday against the Caps. Got to win that game, obviously. You got to get the game against the Stars on Tuesday the 26th. I mean, that that could wind up, depending on how Dallas's next couple of games goes, they could be on the outside looking in, especially the way Vancouver is all of a sudden. Who, who would have thought? Six games left. You got to find a path to 5-1. and one. If you can go 6-0, and oh, obviously that would be amazing. But got to find a path to 5-1. and one. There's two games that you can argue maybe they might not win on this, and that's Dallas and St. Louis. You got to steal one of those games. You have to steal one of those games and take care of business in, you know, four out of the other five games, or um, it's off to Bears' best we go. If it comes down to the final stretch on the road, VGK's special teams have been, let's say, inadequate at best. No movement of the puck. And get this stat. I've got, I've got stats aplenty on this show today. I came, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing the heat. Uh, VGK, four for its last 62 power play chances on the road. Four for its last 62. I mean, this this is going sideways. They have to be able to generate offense. And the best time to score goals is with the man advantage. And they had, you know, what do they have? A five on three for a short while uh, in what? The Calgary game? Was that that game this week? Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, they have to be able to generate more chances on the power play unit. 
just when you think that they have all their superstar power in the lineup on the power play, uh, they've gone backwards. It's all fair. And my main criticism on this season is the power play. I mean, you can give a pass for all the injuries to some degree. It would be a fair pass. You're not going to excuse them not getting in the playoffs by any means, but if you really want to dissect, I saw something earlier in the week about the man games lost by the Flames versus just a couple of players on the Golden Knights, and the Flames have had it. I think that they have like like less than sixty or sixty five man games lost to injury, and you can just pick any two random Golden Knight stars, and you can beat that number. Let alone your second and third player, third tier. Yeah, Alec, Alec Martinez was at uh, like fifty, right? So yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. So the power play is the one thing you got the same coach the entire time we're on the power play. You got somewhat, somewhat of the same core. And we said this on the show a week or so back coming out of last season in the exit interviews, we got to address the power play coming into the start of the new season from the camps and everything. It was, we got to work on the power play. Had a little moment in the sun in December where the power play was okay. Not great, but okay. And the rest of the season, it hasn't been. And if there's one thing you're going to point at that you can control outside of injuries, the power play is where the finger has to be pointed. And then that's where you point at the coaches because there's no shortage of talents. We have a solid 10 players. You probably have a solid 12 or 13 players you can can, can contribute on the power play. You definitely got 10 players that can contribute. You got two solid lines and – I mean, year one, things were going so well for the power play. Gerard Glant was throwing uh, Ryan Reeves out there for the last 30 seconds of the power plays. It was working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Coming up next, uh, let's talk about Robin Leonard's departure from VGK and whether he will be back with the Golden Knights as they arrive back in Las Vegas for Monday's game against the Devils. You're listening to Locked On Golden Knights. Hey, have you tried Built Bars Puffs? If you have it, you are missing out on one of Built Bars' best-tasting bars. And they are really good. They're the first ever protein-infused marshmallow, fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. You've got yummy cinnamony churro. You've got coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They are all so good, and these are going to be your new favorites. And all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, the Puffs included, 100% real chocolate, low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bar with these. They are much better. And a typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories, whereas most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go to built.com. You can use the promo code locked 15 and you will receive 15% off of your order. Use the promo code LOCK15, that's LOCK15, for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen. It's free and available on all platforms. And for your next listen, check out Locked On Now. Nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. And Chris, let's go there. Okay, so 
So Friday, we saw Robin Leonard return to Las Vegas as he was attending to health issues by one of his family members. Yeri Patera was recalled in Leonard's place. And while I was hoping that everything was okay with Leonard's family, by the same token, and don't at me, I am just so suspicious with this Golden Knights organization. And I had to go there on my Saturday radio show here in Las Vegas. So, you know, on Thursday night, BGK starts Logan Thompson in net, and he led the team to the 6-1 to one victory. Off the ice, you know, I feel that Robin Leonard, I, I have so much empathy for him and his struggles and everything else. But on the ice, I feel that I feel that he could still be injured. And again, you know, when you're talking about goaltending and, you know, players that you feel can or can't win the cup, I, I've not been one of those believers in Leonard. And I'm not one of those pro Andre Fleury guys, Mark Andre Fleury guys. That's I, I'm not there. It's just that, again, Leonard flopping all over the ice. Once he falls down, he really, truly cannot get, get back up. Nothing to do with whatever Leonard's been battling, be it an injury, something else, an illness to his family member. You just hope everything's okay there. Leonard is just not sharp. I felt that Robin Leonard has that type of personality where if you more or less bypass him and go with Logan Thompson and Leonard believes he's the number one goaltender, that he could have hurt feelings. How do you feel? What, what are your thoughts on Robin Leonard, his departure? I'm not saying that this is a lie, but I'm so suspicious of the Vegas Golden Knights based on what we've seen out of their escapades with the LTIR. I get it. I, I do get it. Um, kind of going reverse here. So the, the last statement was how would Robin Leonard handle not starting a game? when he feels he's the number one goalie and he is the number one goalie. That's whether it's been said or not by the games he's been starting. He's the number one goalie of this team. And when he's healthy, he's probably going to come. Let me rephrase it. When he is able to return to the team, I think he's going to go right back into the net, especially after today, after, um, after Saturday's game. Now going back to the statement about Leonard, but about not being number one goalie. He didn't ask to be traded to the Golden Knights. When he came to the Golden Knights, he didn't ask to be the number one goalie. He didn't ask Mark Andre's Mark Andre Fleury's agent to uh, tweet that picture of the sword going through, uh, you know, his goalie's back and and all that nonsense. Leonard shows up, he does his job. If he starts, fine. If he doesn't, there's no at least on the record or even necessarily off the record stuff that I've heard of where he has not been anything but supportive in every role that is with the team. Going back to the R statement about the LTIR, sure, there's a lot of conspiracy theories right now. There is so many conspiracy theories, and if you really sit back and dive into them, it's it's all fair. It is all completely fair with some of the timing of things. Mark Stone goes down, oh, Jack Eichel, let's go. You know, we're stuff like that. Maybe taking a deeper dive to that, maybe Mark Stone could have continued to play through whatever was bothering him, but the Golden Knights say, hey, we got Jack Eichel. He's pretty much ready to go. If we shut Stone down for, for an extended period of time, he'll be ready to come back for the playoffs. Whether that is kosher or not in the uh, salary cap and LTAR world, that's for other people to debate that. 
the Golden Knights are going to do anything and everything that they can to field a winning roster right now. And we're so close to potentially not making the playoffs. I can't see, I mean, maybe this is just a plan that terribly backfired. Maybe they thought at the time when they traded away Tuck, when they traded away Peyton Krebs and God Eichel, uh, when they tried to, uh, to ship out um, the Donoff, which would have been about $5 million. Riley Smith is out. You know, we can discuss that as well. I mean, there's all sorts of conspiracy theories out there. And you know what? Don't hate the player, hate the game. If people have a problem with how the salary cap works and the Golden Knights just find a way to play that game, similar to how Tampa possibly played that game last year, similar to how the Chicago Blackhawks did it a while back when Patrick Kane went down right before the deadline. So what? Don't hate the player, hate the game. Okay. I'm going to play devil's advocate here and not New Jersey devil's advocate, by the way. Uh Okay. Logan Thompson, you have to agree with me and you have to admit that the Golden Knights are playing much better, 110% better in front of Logan Thompson than they do in front of Leonard. There's got to be some issues with chemistry. There's got to be something that just isn't right. Perhaps Leonard is just not fitting into the system with these players. That's just how I feel. These are professional athletes getting paid a lot of money to do something. And same breath, I say this so many times. Yes, these players are human. They Some follow social media. Some delete their social media. They hear when people are banging on the glass and warm-ups during the game. And, you know, they hear comments that are made and stuff like that. But I just can't imagine that it changes the the way the players play the game. Maybe they're on edge thinking Robin Leonard is going to give up a softie or something. I don't know. I just can't see the chemistry changing a whole lot. I mean, we're talking about players that have people coming in and out of the roster on a daily basis, nightly basis, lines being shuffled and such. You can argue maybe Robin Leonard plays the puck a little bit different, differently than Logan Thompson, but I don't think either one of them play the puck really well once they uh, – once they leave the net, it scares me when both of them are behind the net trying to play the puck. So I don't think it's anything like that. If we're going to split hairs, you can look at the streak that that uh, Logan Thompson went on and you know he beat Seattle, beat Chicago. Uh, I think Leonard, the 6-1 um, beating of Nashville we gave, I think was – no, Logan Thompson was in net that night, I believe. Yeah, Thompson's won five straight. I think uh, I think that was, was Thompson, you know, but to me, okay – if Robin Leonard is still injured, which many of us do believe he is still hurt. In some I don't disagree way, with that, by the way. I don't in, disagree in, right, with that. In some manner, okay? I don't disagree with that. We all feel that Robin Leonard is still injured. They cannot put him on the injured list. Uh, final within 10 right. games, I guess, yep. towards the yeah. end of the season. So if he is hurt, go back to Las Vegas, get some more therapy and you know, get worked on. And then when we return home, hopefully you are ready to play. That could also be something. I just, I just hope. I just hope that they did. Why would the team make tweet that comment though? Like, right. what does it matter at this? Like, why would that, the team the health tweet issues that? with Robin Leonard's family could be himself? It could. He's part of the. He's part of his family. It, it, those health issues could be about Robin Leonard. Is what I was sort of reading into this. I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but for crying out loud, he's definitely still hurt. Because he, really I agree with that. Move. I agree with the physical aspect. He just can't. No he just can't move. He can't move anymore. And then, so, so, what if Leonard's out for a while? Let's say. Uh-huh. How does VGK then 
manage its goaltenders. You can't go, well, perhaps you can, but there is a back-to-back there towards the end. Um, Logan Thompson, will he play the final six? Does Yeri Patera get a start? Does Laurent Brossois come back? Man, I've got so many questions about the goaltending situation, and there was about to be a mega goalie controversy going into Saturday's game. I really felt that there was about to be a goalie controversy because Leonard, if he's hurt or not, I don't feel wanted to relinquish his position as the starting goaltender with the VGK. How about Isaiah Seville crushing it down in, uh, down in Henderson? There's another one for you, right? I don't know how that nonsense would work with bringing him up in, in the roster, but just adding a little drop of fuel to a, an out-of-control forest fire. Um, the simple answer is if Robin Leonard is out of the equation, Logan Thompson starts every game injury pending, he can give up seven goals, and he's going to be the one starting. If Robin Leonard does come back to the picture, I think based on not what I would do if I was the coach, but based on Pete DeBurr's history, he is going to go back to Robin Leonard. Robin Leonard is uh, the ride or die. And it's been made extremely clear that's going to be the case. I mean, everyone was calling um, for, for LT to get all the starts recently, right? I mean, after the last uh, Vancouver game, Logan Thompson, all of a sudden, he's got to start on Thursday night. Got to start, and he gets to start, which was a surprise given the circumstances and everything. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Robin Leonard on, on Friday is coming back to Vegas for to handle uh, his family issues. Well, the, uh, the Logan uh, Thompson unstoppable train that has been incredible all of a sudden gives up four goals, and uh, we're on the outside looking in officially as we no longer control our own fate for the playoffs. I'm Tony Cardasco. Chris Golick is here, and this is Locked On Golden Knights. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find out all of the sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season, which is now underway. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all of the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen every day. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back. I'm Tony Cardasco. And Chris, Chris Golick. The Devils are playing out the season, and they are out of the playoff picture. And they're probably going to have the Vegas flu, I would imagine, by the time they play VGK Monday night after a couple of nights on the town here in Las Vegas. But it should be a good chance, you have to admit, a good chance for VGK to bounce back. The Devils are going to play hard, but I don't think that there's enough talent left. They have a lot of injuries on this team. Yeah, I mean, the Devils, they're, let's see who's going to make the team next season. I believe they've already shut Jack Hughes down for the season, which makes it much less desirable to go see that game after his uh, magician trick uh, in the uh, NHL uh, skills uh, shootout <laughs> challenge, which was kind of fun. Uh, that was I, fun. I enjoyed that. I thought that was cute. Um, that said, how Petrangelo won that, you know, a little home cooking there, but that's okay, whatever. Uh, back to the Devils, I mean, 
yeah, again, this has got to be a five to one, six to zero type of shellacking game. If they drop this game, then yeah, let's let's get the golf clubs out and uh, let's decide where we're going to be if we're going to be at Paiute or Bears Best or you know wherever we're going to be if they drop that game to the Devils and their entire fifty eight points this season and their minus forty six goal differential. Yeah, and Thomas Tatar, the former Golden Knight, returns here to T-Mobile Arena. Uh, PK Subban. Video? Video? Does he get a video? video? I wonder if he's ever had one. I'm guessing no. We might have a video. We might officially have a Thomas Tatar video. Nice. PK Subban? What about Subban? I think he goes after uh, that number one target, Keegan Colasar. Everyone wants a piece of Colasar. We saw this past week. Cole starts trying. He's he's trying to be our our force out there, if you will. I mean, he very uh, wisely shied away from a Milan Lucic, which uh, that's that's a good move. Although totally going off pace, Ryan Reeves fears nobody except Zdeno Char. I don't know if you caught that about a week ago. So maybe Colasar is taking a page out of a Ryan Reeves book. But you know, Colasar, he's he's. He's trying. He's doing what a fourth line grinder needs to do. I think he's only missed one or two games this entire year. He's chewing up minutes. He's you can move him around the lineup. I, I've always joked that you know Colasar just can't really score and do much out there, but he's the type of player that he's chewing up minutes and he's got a place on this team, kind of like uh, you know like a Will Carrier in season one. As you mentioned, a lot of injuries for the Devils uh, shut down Jack Hughes just a few short weeks ago due to injury. That's smart move by that organization. Uh, they still, however, have Nico Hishir. And I saw a graphic on Saturday night about the best season for players under age 23. And uh, Jesper Bratt of the Devils is currently ranked fourth behind Kale McCarr with nearly 70 points. So there's another threat for the VGK. Yeah. Chris, how do you see this game going? Do you have a score prediction on the contest? You said seven to one or six to one. <laughs> or are you just throwing numbers out? No, I mean, it, it needs to, what needs to happen, again, we need to, the game needs to be over in the first period. This game needs to be over in the first period. Even the Arizona game, when we beat them six to one recently, that game was in the balance a little yeah. bit too long. A quick two nothing lead, Arizona gets a goal, Less than 10 minutes left in the first. Have a nice nice little run late in the first. Almost tie it up in the VGK to start the second. Just ran away with it. Leave no doubt in this one. Three-nothing lead after first. We'll call it five to one. Five to one. And Keegan Colasar with two goals and an assist. There you go. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with a uh, four-to-one final. I just think that the Devils are playing hard for Lindy Ruff. And I think that they're doing – a pretty good job, an adequate job of they're scoring goals still, surprisingly, with with no one left on this team. It's it's kind of a surprise uh, that they're playing that well. And it'll be one of those games again. VGK will be up either one or two to nothing. And then we'll see, you know, the Devils come back and score a goal because VGK just other than the game that they played uh, this week in Calgary, VGK just cannot. Pay attention to all those details, you know, during the course of a full 60 minutes. And they they have to work on cutting down all of their turnovers because it's it's really hurting them. That's got to be, I think, the number one issue. Well, one and one A, that and special teams and the power play. Letting up a shorthanded goal on Saturday, that was awful, too. That was just bad. 
I'm going to go, let's say, I'll say four to one uh, final VGK. And uh, we're going to have a good week ahead here in Las Vegas. I still say it's very exciting to be following this, uh, this chase for the playoffs. And Chris, uh, we'll see you again here when we return on Tuesday. And we will be recapping the game between VGK and the New Jersey Devils. Welcome back. And I hope that you got some good rest on your vacation. Nice to get away. Nice to forget about things for a little bit. Shout out to the Chase Field, the Arizona Diamondback Stadium. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Awesome stadium. Fan-friendly. Great place for the kids. That was one of the highlights of the trip, definitely. All right. I didn't get a postcard in the mail, so I'm kind of mad. I'm upset. I hate postcards. I know they, they don't send them anymore. <laughs> Thank you all for making <laughs> Locked On Golden Knights your first listen. For your second listen, please check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey. The hosts are Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone, and they help you to become the expert of your fantasy team. It is free and available on all platforms. For Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco. So long for now from Las Vegas, and we'll see you once again right here tomorrow, Tuesday, on Locked On Golden Knights.